Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, not guilty. Yeah. That was that was the plea, uh, and uh, uh, President Trump is headed for the airport already. I think he's at the airport, and uh, my God, has anybody thought that America would come down to this? Uh, in the studio with us, we have uh, some common sense Democrats. We have Judge Richard Weinberg. We have Governor David Patterson, and a common sense Republican. We have ten-year GOP chairman headed for uh, much more now. Uh, Ed Cox, uh, Ed, welcome. Good, good to be here, surrounded by Democrats. And <laughs> we yeah, I understand. Of course, we've got some big breaking news right now. Uh, let's go to the breaking news. Breaking news, WABC. We know that former President Trump has entered the not guilty pleas. And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby is Donald Trump Jr. Uh, Donald, so great to have you here. Your father is commenting. Uh, he just got out of court. Uh, first of all, your reaction to what has been an unprecedented day in American history. Well, yet another unprecedented day in history, Rita. I mean, they keep doing this stuff. Coincidentally, it always happens exactly the day after uh, something that Joe Biden actually did. Uh, the actual corruption, whether it's millions from Ukraine the day after they indict Trump. Yesterday, they released the Devin Archer testimony that's you know pretty clear that Joe was involved in all of these things. Of course, there's another one, uh, another indictment of Trump. But what's going on right that's now right is on, right on. scary. If this stuff happened in third world countries, we'd be clamoring for regime change. But it's happening in America right now. The people who every time my father tweeted Merry Christmas would say it's bigger than Watergate. The scandal is bigger than Watergate. Didn't matter what he did. It was always bigger than Watergate are strangely silent about everything we're finding out about the Biden uh, regime, uh, the years of corruption. And, you know, no, no one's even bothered to ask the question, you know, why would the Chinese give? a crackhead, a billion dollars to invest. I mean, you know, maybe that's part of their ESG program. They have to have diversified uh, wealth <laughs> managers uh, and have to have some crackhead representation in there because otherwise uh, I don't think anyone in their right mind would give Hunter Biden a billion dollars. Unless, of course, you were buying the United States government. And given the policies, the America last China first policies we've seen out of this administration, that seems to be exactly what they did. And China made an incredible investment. It was one of the best return on investments we've probably ever seen. Uh, Don Jr., it looks like uh, Congress uh, uh, is following the money and that uh, uh, President Biden went to Ukraine afterwards demanding to get rid of uh, that attorney general uh, right after certain meetings. Yeah, John, he's on video. He says he, he bragged about it on video. It's it's not even like it's it's attempted. But now we see the money trail. We see that it actually was real. We, you know, why on earth would they pay Hunter Biden to sit on a board of a business he knows nothing about, a language he doesn't speak? He doesn't have to actually show up. And Devin Archer testified to all those reasons. Of course we knew. But again, the same people clamoring about democracy for the last few years are strangely silent. I mean, we're making decisions, guys. That could lead us to World War Three uh, against Russia, you know, 6,000 nuclear warheads. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? We're not even asking if the 
130 billion that we've spent there thus far could be influenced because these guys have more information on Joe Biden and their corruption. And are we risking not just 130 billion of U.S. taxpayer dollars, but actual nuclear war to cover up the continued insanity that we see here? No one's even asking the question. And, and so we had you, you Gordon about the banana republics. That's what, that's what we're living in right now. And, uh, Don, uh, we had Gordon G. Chang on, that ex- a Chinese expert that we have on WABC all the time, and he says there are uh, soldier-type, uh, Chinese soldier-types that are coming through the borders. And they might well, be sending they up... They, send- have, they, have, uh, boy, they have that. You have terrorists. You have people that are known on the terror watch list. Six million people thus far under Joe Biden. I mean, that's 2% of our country, guys. Uh, if they're finding you know dozens of terrorists, imagine how many they're not finding. Uh, what's going on there? You know, I, I, we, we've seen the stuff that came out with the movie The Sound of Freedom, and Tim Ballard's a friend of mine. I, I met him uh, in like 2015, 2016. I'm, I think I'm the guy that actually introduced him to the White House. They brought him in there to talk about you know the child and sex trafficking problem at the border and, and across the world. And, you know, I'm, I was watching Democrats. Hopefully there's some common sense Democrats in the room with you. I heard some of the names. It seems like uh, hey, they, David they Patterson is some... a very uh, governor. Patterson, a yeah. very common sense Democrat. And Judge, Judge Weinberg. And yeah. Judge Weinberg. Well, but I watched I watched the conference when Tim Ballard was there talking about the problem. They form a committee on it. They fund it with a couple hundred million dollars to shut down sex trafficking. And I, I watched Democrats lose their minds. Yeah. I mean, governor, you want to say something? Agree on? Uh, you know, there has been a real hesitancy to address a lot of these issues and to just think that this is a situation with someone who has a drug problem. And I probably felt that way myself. But it certainly the as the evidence comes in, it kind of reminds me of of Watergate. It was below the radar. The at, in those days, the Republicans were blowing it off. The president was making fun of them. But then all of a sudden, the heavy evidence came in. and was it was difficult for them to stave it off at that point. Yeah, but, you know, the people who, again, they, they did the where's Watergate. This is this makes Watergate, just so we're clear, this makes Watergate seem like kindergarten. I mean, millions of dollars transacting from our enemies where we're funding them ad nauseum. I mean, we have one hundred and thirty billion dollars into Ukraine. And that doesn't include, you know, the two hundred twenty that the Pentagon lost magically. You know, the, you know, they, they just. They misplaced two hundred and twenty billion. I'm sure that went there. I mean, this is insanity. And what disappeared uh, and, in Afghanistan? Yeah, well, you know, we'll just leave eighty six billion dollars to the Taliban. What what could possibly go wrong, John? I mean, it, it seems like a, a illogical solution. But then we have clowns like our Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, after that fiasco, get on a world stage in front of Congress and say he's shocked and dismayed that the Taliban did not install, and I quote, a more diverse and inclusive government. I mean, <laughs> That's amazing. You're, sh- you're shocked and dismayed. Like, maybe you're dismayed. I could understand that. But, like, you're, act- you're shocked that they didn't do I mean, you know, w- what they think they were going to do. They think they were going to have a trans coalition, um, yeah. you know, in the Taliban government to make sure that all people are represented. I mean, w- these weren't serious people. It's so insane. You're saying that the Taliban uh, rejected DEI. <laughs> and everybody, we're talking to uh, Donald Trump Jr. here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, uh, Don, I also want to ask you just about this moment here, too, with your dad, because um, the judge is saying basically, or DOJ, I should say, oh, we want to speed up this case. 
uh, to me, we're talking about obviously all these serious things that I think have gone wrong under the Biden administration. And now juxtapose it with this moment, this uh, historic moment here with your dad. And they seem to just want to bog him down. That was the one thing that his attorney, Alina Haba, uh, just was saying a few minutes ago, is that basically what a, what a coincidence. Uh, the next hearing here is set for August 28th. The first debate is August 23rd. I mean, this is just yeah. to like, like tie him up between all these different lit- – it's like 78 counts is what he has today. This is an amazing moment, Don Jr., yeah, no, it's, it, it's, well, it, it's amazing in the sense that, you know, I think we're finally realizing how much further we've fallen than we could have ever imagined. Uh, you know, the Democrats are doing whatever they can, weaponizing things. And, you know, Republicans are playing T-ball while the Democrats are playing for keeps and playing hardball. Uh, you know, we have to start playing that same game or we're going to be in big trouble because, uh, you know, this, this is, you know, third world country stuff. If we were doing this and watching this unfold in a banana republic, we'd be calling for regime change. And yet, you know, it's happening right here. And, you know, we're sitting there, OK, well, maybe we'll we'll you know send a tweet about it instead of actually doing anything about it. Judge Weinberg, you've got a question for Donald Trump Jr. Well, I have a point. How does how does your father deal with this, knowing, for example, that Jack Smith, the special counsel, has forum shopped to put this case in the District of Columbia, which is a hostile environment in terms of the population, the voting demographic, only five percent supported your father. And you have a hostile federal federal bench, and you have probably the worst judges, uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz pointed out, that you could possibly have in this matter. I mean, it's time for her to recuse herself based on her previous statements and, and conduct, and it's time to uh, get this case out of the District of Columbia so your father can have a fair trial as a matter of constitutional well, law. It's time to do all those things, but we've been watching, and we all know that none of those things will happen, right? I mean— Again, we, we talk about Hunter Biden. I mean, I did 50 hours of testimony for a phone call that everyone agrees was the same thing. And 50 hours okay, for treason. They wanted to try me uh, for a crime punishable by death. You know, Hunter by billion here, a couple million here, tied to human trafficking, sex trafficking. You know, guys, we're, like, we, I think the problem that we have is there's still people that believe that these Democrats are actually, you know, that they have shame. You know, and that they're not just they haven't totally weaponized these things. I mean, they'll take every win imaginable. They'll they'll charge you to the wazoo. They'll make sure that you tie you up. It's lawfare. You know, tie you up, eliminate all your time, your resources, capital, defending these things because they're trying to put someone away for life. I mean, you know, Trump is a young and vibrant man, as you know, guys. And, John, you certainly know this. (laughs) But, you know, the 475 years that they want to put him away for. You know, I don't know. It's probably a lot, even for him. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it is pylon. Uh, and Cox, you got yeah, a question. Yeah. yeah uh, the, it's, it's interesting. The special counsel here, Jack Smith, is well known to be a very creative prosecutor. That's what he does. And the Department of Justice decided in a, in prosecutions where you want to have the most solid case you can have against a former president who is the leading candidate of the opposition party to be president. And they pick someone who is known as a creative judge and has been his convictions have been rejected eight zip by the Supreme Court. Uh, mm-hmm. That's really says what the Department of Justice is about, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that tells you everything that you need to know. It's the same thing what they were trying to do, you know, in, in Florida and with the, the female prosecutor down there. You might just find the one person, find anyone who has 
no morality, no decency, no fealty to the rule of law. And like, we'll just let them do what they can and, you know, inflict as much damage as possible. I mean, it's not just a message to Trump. It's a message to anyone else who would ever come in and try to take on the hegemony of their power. You know, these, these people in D.C., it's like the Bidens, right? What, what have they created? What have they done? What have other than peddled influence to make millions of dollars and the grandkids are making millions and getting money from China and there's everyone's everyone's on the payroll. I, I wasn't aware that they did. So, so leading up, leading up to the election, all these trials are going to be going on. Why shouldn't there be an impeachment proceeding going on with respect to President Biden. He certainly deserves it, given the facts that are coming out. So there is a contrary narrative going on, especially to the after the Devin Archer comments on Capitol Hill. Wow, that's just a starter. Wait till you see what else comes out. Oh, yeah. By the way, I mean, if you think that's it, I mean, imagine what, you know, what, you know, what China has that we haven't even come out on. I mean, again, they didn't invest a billion dollars in Hunter for for nothing. I'm sure there's, you know, so we don't know. How much more is out there? You know, what, what are what what are the other things that those enemies have that, you know, on Hunter that, you know, beyond the laptop from hell? What are the things that Hunter decided? You know what? Maybe that's too much to video myself doing, but they probably have it. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to weaponize it against these guys. So, you know, the only problem with impeaching Joe Biden is you end up with Kamala Harris, which you know, could arguably be worse. <laughs> well, it, it won't be convicted, but impeachment gives you the power, a really super power of subpoena to draw out a lot of facts a lot faster than you otherwise would. Right. Cor- uh, correct. But the mainstream media will run with it. Look at the Republicans. Yeah. You know, they can have cut and dry evidence of corruption at the highest level. Again, I think the stuff makes Watergate look like kindergarten. I and agree with that. Full cover for it because they're they're not even talking about these things. So you have real testimony before congressional committees, and I I know because I was in those committees. Uh, I did that. I was there when these people altered my emails. You know, they got caught, but that didn't stop them from running with it for two weeks until until the truth came out. All uh, oh, the walls are closing in. We got them. I mean, they're willing to do anything, and so I think that's the mistake, unfortunately, that we're making is. You know, we have to we, we assume and many Americans who are too busy, you know, trying to live their lives, feed their families to, to pay attention to all the details of what's going on. But, you know, we still think these people actually care about any of these things or the rule of law or you know, it, it just that is, most, that is the most shocking part that uh, the zillion lawyers in our in our country, that the lawyers are not standing up for the rule of law. And, and they're not yeah. standing up for ethics. I mean, it used to be an important subject. I mean, uh, ethics. Where, yeah. where, where the heck are they? John, also the media, too. The media blackout of, like, the what they cover and not cover is disgusting to me, too. It's, it's really it disgusting. Be- Benjamin Franklin would be turning over in his grave. Yeah, thousand percent. Donald Trump Jr., we love having you on. And give, your be- give our best uh, to your father, please. I'll do that, guys. Thanks a lot. Good talking to you. Thank Thank you you so much, Don. And when we come back, everybody, we've got Newt Gingrich coming up, the former Speaker of the House, to talk about this unbelievable day and also an update on migrants overrunning New York City. That and more. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. 
And welcome back to Rita Cosby uh, and John Katsimatidis here on Cats and Cosby. Big, huge news day. Uh, by the way, uh, just coming out, this is amazing. Trump ordered uh, not to speak to the witnesses, not to influence the jury. Uh, there's also a headline that he could be held if he violates uh, basically the standards there. Whatever the judge set forth as the rules. This is amazing, Judge. Threatening, threatening the former president of the United States? Right, that you could oh, be held. Right, listen, let, let's be clear. He shouldn't talk to witnesses, and his lawyers will, will talk to an interview. Any Influencing witnesses. How, the witnesses. No, 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 no. Come on. The point, no, no. But they also say that's what's in... Influence the potential jurors. So what is he supposed to do in a campaign rally? Exactly. He's supposed to do in an interview. It's, that's a ridiculous standard. Not talking directly to witnesses, I get. Let his lawyers talk to but the witnesses. But influence, yes. Yeah. You have a campaign rally. You have a debate. You give a speech. This is crazy. Wait. What's a threaten that? Let's go to the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, who's joining us now here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, Newt, this is amazing. Did you hear this threatening? The former President of the United States, you can be held? I have been forced reluctantly to reach a simple conclusion that this is a constitutional crisis, that you have a out-of-control, dictatorial Justice Department um, chasing one person who happens to be the leader of the opposition. Well, we've never seen this before in American history. And uh, as I will outline um, at Gingrich 360 in both the newsletter uh, and a, a podcast, um, <clears throat> I think that it's important to recognize that the time has come for the Congress to exercise its legitimate authority and simply not pay for this kind of behavior. Uh, and <clears throat> it is in the power of the House uh, to refuse to finance this beyond September 30th, uh, and they should do so. I think that uh, uh, clearly the absurdities of the Justice Department, the absurdities of the FBI senior leadership, and now the absurdity of this deeply anti-Trump judge uh, all come together to be, create a situation that is a constitutional crisis. And Newt Gingrich, are you talking about withholding what from DOJ or special? What are you talking about? I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would zero out funding for all of the various anti-Trump investigative activities in the Department of Justice. So ask for those specific things, withholding. As of September 30th, and at that point there couldn't be any trials because they wouldn't have any money to pay any any Justice Department lawyers uh, to engage in the trials. Well, and and obviously uh, that is a difficult task, but but your point is that this is just so over the top. All the House House Republicans have to do is say we're not going to pay for it. Do you think they they do it? It will be a fight. But it won't be a well, let's talk case. about the constitutional uh, crisis here. I mean, they're intentionally doing this. Uh, <clears throat> give me your reasons. Well, because they're terrified that Trump will, in fact, take apart the entire national establishment, that he'll break up all the games that they're playing, uh, that, uh, you know, I think it's very likely that the Bidens would be found guilty of corruption. It's very likely that the attorney general would be found guilty of obstruction of justice. And and uh, the left is just terrified that a Trump administration, he's, he's now had time to learn and to think. Remember, he went into office as a businessman who'd never been in politics. Uh, and so he's learned a great deal about how sick the government is and what has to be done to change it. And he would be a very, very formidable president if he gets elected. 
And I think all of that leads them to a desperation, which you're now seeing in a way that is absurd. And do you realize that one of the charges against Trump is based on an 1870 act that was passed against the Ku Klux Klan in South Carolina? Uh, And by the way, ironically, it was passed on Republican votes only. Not a single Democrat voted for it because back then the Democrats were the party of segregation and slavery. Uh, So they they reach all the way back. I I made the comment on Fox this morning that there was a 1789 very first Congress bill against bribery by customs officials. And maybe uh, Biden should be uh, charged under the 1789 Act, which would be about equally absurd with charging uh, Donald Trump under a, under a law which is now, think about this, 153 years old. Which was intended for the Ku Klux Klan, Yeah, right? that, that's the civil yeah. rights one. Yeah. I mean, it just shows. So how does how have you ever seen anything like this, Newt Gingrich, um, in, in terms of all of these cases? Other than, the, other than the 1850s and the drift to a civil war, we've never seen anything like the level of bitterness, hostility, and law-breaking that we're seeing by the Democrats. Now, you know, thinking back now and all the things that happened when Trump appointed Jeff Sessions, the next day or next week, all of a sudden he told the president, well, I'm going to recuse myself. And then Bill Barr, has these two people, I'm going to tell you as a, a person that thinks it out, have these two people been threatened by people that if you don't do X, Y, Z, that we're no, going to come I, down I, on I you? Think, I, think what, look, I think what happens is <clears throat> Trump is such, he is such an outsider that if you have any ties to the old order, uh, that you gradually find it impossible to deal with. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, Barr is a very, very decent guy, a very patriotic person. Uh, and I think he came to the conclusion that, uh, you know, the, the, the styles are so totally different. Uh, the, the establishment establishment Republicans say all the right things and then surrender. Ed Cox here, uh, uh, Newt. Uh, let's assume that there is a President Trump. Uh, yeah. What's the importance of holding on to the House of Representatives under those circumstances? And do you think we will? And I think that if Trump wins, we would, we would keep the House and increase our majority. We would pick up the Senate. And you have to do that because a lot of the things that have to happen are going to require legislation, not just executive orders. So you, you have to have a campaign. What, what has to happen is a campaign in 2024 that outlines a very positive vision of an American future <clears throat> says in order to get to that very positive future, these are the things that have to happen. And if they win, this is what we did in 80. This is what we did in 1994. If they win, they then have to execute in the first 100 days the kind of changes that are decisive and that, in fact, uh, move us out of the sickness and the corruption. And the, the Right now we have government by elites, not government by the American people. Yeah, In 94, you had your own plan uh, as speaker and what you implemented the the plan that Trump had after 16 was Paul Ryan's plan. This time he'll have his own plan, won't he? That's right, and, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> what you had was a traditional Republican leadership in the House and Senate trying to cope with uh, somebody who is a revolutionary. I mean, Trump represents those Americans who believe 
that Washington now is a sick institution filled with corruption and attempting to dominate the rest of the country. And uh, the choice is, are you for government of the people, by the people, and for the people, formula, or are you for government of the elites, by the elites, and for the elites? Yeah, it, it is. It is such a, a amazing moment. Anouk Indrich, thank you very much. The former Speaker of the House, uh, we love having you on, Newt. Thank you on such thank a big you. news day. Wow. And uh, we have on now, John, uh, the commissioner, Zach Iskell. He is the New York City Emergency Management Commissioner, and he made tons of headlines uh, talking as we're talking briefly about, of course, the migrant crisis, which is a huge deal. Uh, Mayor Adams said the city is being basically overrun. I mean, it's going to go downhill from here. It's coming to a neighborhood near you. And uh, the commissioner just made a lot of headlines saying that children could soon be forced to sleep on the street because of the migrant crisis. Uh, Mr. Commissioner, explain uh, what's going on. Yeah, so first off, uh, John and Rita, thank you so much for having me back on. It's great to be here with you guys, as always. Um, so, look, our priority right now is so, you know, as People are sort of now aware um, we have been struggling with a asylum seeker migrant crisis in New York City now for the better part of a year. And we've been asking for help going back to this fall when we had about 4,000 asylum seekers in our care. We now have close to 60,000. And our shelter system, including our, our, our homeless, our, our unhoused population, is now over 100,000. It's, it's, it's higher than it's ever been. And so our priority is keeping families with children and children uh, in shelter, giving them places to sleep. Um, but every day uh, is a, a full-on struggle and fight to make sure that we're able to accomplish that. And we've seen what's happened over the last few days as we have run out of space and we have had, unfortunately, and it's heartbreaking to see, especially because of the amount of work we're doing uh, to see that we have had some folks end up on the street, but we are doing everything in our power to prevent uh, kids from ending up in a similar situation. You know, um, Mr. Commissioner, one of the things that I keep thinking is, um, and I'm happy to see everybody, because I think it's not a Republican-Democrat issue, it's an American issue, and obviously we want to take care of these people. I feel very bad what's happening with their situation um, but also, I wish there were people, you know, Democrats coming over to the president, not just asking for money, but also saying maybe we should close the border. I mean, because uh, they're going to just keep on coming. Where does it end? You know, the, the mayor has been very clear about this. And I think, you know, when you look back at the history of this is not the first time our, our country has faced a immigration crisis. You know, I mean, if you just go back to, you know, since World War Two, you know, we had European refugees coming after World War Two. We've had uh, Cuban migrants with um, in 79 and 80 with the Mariel boat crisis. We've had Haitians in the early 90s, Soviet Jews in the 80s, Vietnamese in the 70s. And I think one of the things that's really different this time is in each of those cases. And this is now by far one of the largest just in terms of the numbers. In each of those cases, uh, the effort was led by the federal government. They ran a process. Uh, they got people work authorizations. Um, they got people settled. And then all of those populations went on to make incredible contributions to American society. And I think that's what's lacking right now. You know, the mayor has made very clear that we need federal support. We need federal action. We need a real strategy from the federal government. Uh, we need work authorizations for, I mean, everybody that's coming over. The number one thing that they're looking for is work. 
We need reimbursement, uh, and we need real strategy and policy from the Fed. Zach, and the mayor has been very clear about that need. Zach, the, the $64 million question, are they joking around putting them in Central Park, or is that just a, a bad joke by either the right wing or the left wing, or is that uh, are they serious? So, you know, what I what I have to say, unfortunately, is just because of the scale of this program, the, this this emergency, everything is on the table. Uh, you know, are, do we have an active plan to put people into Central Park tomorrow? No, but everything is on the table just based on the numbers of people we have coming every day. Rikers Island, what's wrong with the suggestion have... I made, uh, you know, me, uh, six months ago, three months ago? I said, Rikers Island, you got all, you have beds there, you have, you don't have to lock them up, you you take the doors off. Rikers Island is, is also on the table. Oh, that's interesting. So, so it's an option because I mean, if you're looking at parks and everywhere else, that's interesting. I mean, you got to keep your citizens. Three thousand sites across the city. You got to keep across the city that we're actively. Please tell Mayor Adams you got to keep your citizens uh, uh, safe. Okay, I mean, we want to help people from no man's land. We want to help them, but we got to keep our citizens safe. So why don't you put them on an island like Rikers or, or Randall's or any place else that's an island and, you know, we'll feed them, clothe them, and bed them. And vet them. And vet them also, hopefully. And, yeah, <laughs> maybe vet them, too, before, you know, we allow them to stay in our city and make sure they're not criminals and make sure they're not drug addicts. Yeah, make I, sure. think, I think one of the things that I would just say is, like, look, this is, you know, Emergency Management 101. Um, this is written into federal law. This is part of the Stafford Act. When you have an emergency that gets to beyond the capabilities of a local jurisdiction, you are supposed to be able to turn to help from the state and the federal government. We do it all the time. And as a city, we send help as part of this system. You know, we sent folks to Vermont recently after the floods. We sent people to Florida. And I think one of the things that's different here is, is, you know, we can come up with all sorts of ideas about what the city can do. The fact is, when you have 2,000 plus people a week coming, 500 people a day coming to the city, we need help from the federal government. We need more help from the state. We need a real strategy from the federal government. We are now taking care of close to 60,000 people. You know, that is more people than fit in Yankee Stadium, right? Every day. Yeah, it's a huge amount. It takes to feed those people, right, to provide healthcare to uh, make sure that you are providing them safe and healthy places to live, to provide the security both for the communities that they are being housed in and for the population in our care. Uh, it is a huge burden, even for a city as large and uh, as robust as ours. Now, and listen, I'm glad, by the way, that Mayor Adams is, is sounding the alarm um, uh, and that his administration is we, sounding we the alarm. We love our city and we... we Look, we want to take care of the migrants, but we want to take care of our citizens, too. They deserve to be safe. That's all. Yeah, 1,000%. Um, Commissioner, thank you very thank much you for so being much. here. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you guys. Thanks so much. Give your thank mom you. my regards. I will. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. And everybody, after the break, some more uh, breaking news. We also have Ray Kelly, former NYPD commissioner, coming up. Michael Goodwin and Al D'Amato, an action-packed lineup here on Captain Cosby. 
your commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Boy, what an action-packed news day. By the way, we also have coming up uh, Al D'Amato, and we also have Michael Goodwin on this big day, of course, with uh, President Trump pleading not guilty uh, to four counts. Um, and a lot of news happening also, too, with a recent case that's happening in Haiti of an American nurse and her daughter uh, kidnapped. Uh, just about a week ago, and so much attention on Haiti. And joining us now to talk about all of that. Well, I was going to say, you think we have troubles in New York? You should see what's going on in Haiti. Yeah, you're right. We were just talking about what's going on here. And Haiti, it is crazy. There was a case recently where uh, gangs came into a doctor's room with Doctors Without Borders. They were operating and basically took over the operating room. And now Doctors Without Borders doesn't want to perform there anymore in Port-au-Prince. And joining us is someone who knows Haiti very well, uh, the former uh, NYPD commissioner, our dear friend, Ray Kelly. Uh, commissioner Kelly, we love having you here on the show, my friend. What's going on with this case and what's going on with Haiti? Well, Haiti is a basket case. There's no question about it. Poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. It has no functioning government. The uh, uh, president was assassinated in 2019, nobody has replaced them. 200 gangs, at least 200 gangs, are basically ruling the, the country. So something has to be done. And there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Just this past weekend, uh, Kenya, of the Kenya is a country, of course, in East Africa, has agreed to seriously consider sending 1,000 police officers to Haiti. This is the only country so far that has, that has even, even spoken about going uh, to Haiti. So hopefully that will entice other countries to, uh, to get involved. The, our State Department is looking for a multinational uh, task force that is funded by the United Nations. Now, there is no uh, resolution in the UN to do that, but that's what that's what we're, we're, as a country, trying to do. So they need all the help they can get. I don't know if the Kenyans can do it. And, of course, if the Kenyans can't do it, I certainly hope it does not fall back onto the U.S. Ray, you know, the Kenyans, uh, the, uh, the, the Haitians can't do it. So somebody has to do it. Otherwise, those people are suffering, and it's even worse. Uh, you know, it's just bad. Something has to happen. Absolutely. Uh, there's been over a thousand kidnappings so far this year. That wow. We know about. Wow. Maybe not more. I mean, and, uh, you know, the, the, the murder rate is extremely high. Uh, voodoo is a real fact of life in Haiti, and it really is sort of negative spiritualism that uh, blames any problem on evil spirits. So you know, it's very a- difficult to make progress there. You know, it's amazing, too. I mean, you think about how good it is You know what New Yorkers, Ray, you know what New Yorkers should look at? That all these city council people that want to defund the police, that that those people, they're voting for them? Give me a break. You know, you're going to end up being like Haiti in New York City if it goes any further. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think we're far away from that, but certainly uh, potential of something bad happening. In New York is is right up there. So uh, as I say, this is some hope. We'll see what the, 
uh, what happens, but they are in desperate shape. Uh, kidnappings, you mentioned the kidnapping of the nurse and her, uh, her son. Uh, I sent detectives to Haiti to try to teach them how to investigate the kidnappings. And uh, we, did a, we did some of that, but it certainly has, did not catch on. And that's now several years ago. So they are they are totally ill-equipped to investigate uh, kidnappings. Basically, in any time there is a kidnapping, uh, somebody is paying. You know, they're not paying the full amount that they're asking for, but uh, that is a thriving business uh, in this uh, in very much afflicted country. Wow, really scary. And by the way, they're asking for a million in this case, too, is the what they're asking. This is yeah. scary. Ray, thank you. Thank you, Ray. Kelly, and you did a great job. When when you were police commissioner, New York was the safest city in the, in the world. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, John. And now we got the number one senator from uh, uh, New York. He was a great senator. We have Alphonse D'Amato. Happy birthday, Alphonse. Well, thank you, John. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope we can share many birthdays together for many years to come. At least 20 uh, more. Yeah, at <laughs> least. Tell us what the heck is going on in Washington. You were in Washington forever. And, and, and can you believe what's going on? No. Uh, we are destroying. Both political parties are destroying this country. Uh, my strongest advocate and supporter, when I went to get the billions of dollars to clean up the the nuclear disaster, up in the Buffalo area. Who is there with me fighting to get that money? Pat Moynihan. When we fight, went to fight to, to save a typewriter company that was put out of business unfairly. Who was with me? Pat Moynihan, a Democrat. We worked together. Chris Dodd from Connecticut. We worked together. Joe Lieberman, Democrat. Today, they just kill each other. They're afraid. The, the, the right wing of the Republican Party threatens primaries against those who don't march to the right wing uh, uh, step. Uh, the left wing in the Democratic Party has become even worse, and they threaten primaries against uh, their Democrats unless they move with them. And so what do you have? Both parties are afraid to work together because they're worried about primaries. What we need is term limits. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, You know, Senator, um, Senator Alphonse D'Amato, I want to get your take on obviously the big news of the day. Uh, There's so much going on. Here is here is President Trump. I know you're not a fan of President Trump, but my goodness. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've said he did a good job as president, but he made a mistake when he said, oh, they stole the election, etc. And he went too far. And I said, Mike Pence saved the country, thank God, because he didn't go along with this nonsense. All right. They lost every case in court in front of Republican judges, Democratic judges, etc. They got out Fox. They could have won that election. All they had to do is show Joe Biden bragging. And let me tell you, when he was bragging, he was out of office for just three days on January 23rd. He was bragging in front of the Council on Foreign Relations how he got the prosecutor, right, in the Ukraine on the Burmester case where his son was on the board 
fired. You mean to tell me the former vice president, the vice president of the United States goes there and he says, I got a billion dollars to give you. But unless you fire this prosecutor, you're out. You mean the president of the United States empowered him to do that? No, he didn't. He had the billion dollars to give. And what did he do? He made his own condition. Uh, and he laughs. And he says, ha, ha, ha. They fired him. Could you believe that? That's the proof. And by the way, the other day, you had the witness who testified, who was Hunter Biden's partner, how Joe was on 20 phone calls and how they used him. I mean, now, let me tell you this. This this indictment, do you know what does the rest of the world, the countries in Europe and throughout the world, they look at us and we look silly. We're not this great power. Here we are trying to send to prison the former president, okay? Here we are, a president who's in office who's doing everything he can to protect his son, Hunter, all right? Who was running around collecting money from China, from Ukraine, from this country, that country, etc. And his father, who is now the president, is helping us. How do you think we look at the rest of the world? It's pretty sad. And this business of going after Trump on the way they have is horrible. It is a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. And I think that this case is going to get thrown out. It may have to go up to to, to the Supreme Court. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to have in this case in Washington, D.C. Do you think you can get a fair jury there? And, and with these charges that are nonsense, total nonsense, the guy has a right to speak his mind and say they stole the election. I mean, that's a crime. Okay? He believes they stole it. So he calls on different officials to look in to see what they can do. Pence refused to go along, and I think he did the right thing. But that doesn't make Trump a criminal, and that's the kind of charges you're going to raise against Well, that's, that's what his lawyers are saying. He says you can't say, uh, you can't take politicians and use every politician's words and, and make him a criminal. Exactly. Uh, otherwise, there'll be 435 congressmen in jail. Yeah, right, for sure. Al D'Amato, wow. thank you so much for coming on, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Good being with you guys. God bless you. Thank you, Senator. Okay, let's go to... uh, We've got Michael Goodwin right now, a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter with the New York Post. Uh, Michael, your thoughts about all this happening today, again, also with President Trump, uh, with this indictment. I don't know if you saw the new news that the judge also, Michael, is warning Trump uh, that he could be held if he influences a juror, like, I, I mean, where is the what? He goes out to a campaign rally and says, I'm being wrongly accrued. Yeah, exactly. Is that is that he should be held for that? I mean, this is insane. Right. Particularly given the news information. So he can't say something in Florida because a juror, potential juror in Washington, D.C. may hear it or read it. So uh, it's a, it, it is uh, the kind of restraint that we haven't seen on Donald Trump so far. I mean, he's been warned in earlier cases, but uh, this would seem to be more uh, more direct and more uh, 
dangerous, frankly, in terms of uh, him getting a fair trial. But, you know, look, I, I, I think that for me, the, the Trump case is a complicated one. I mean, I, I've spoken to lawyers uh, about, say, the document case. A lot of lawyers on Trump's side think privately that, you know, he made a mistake in withholding the documents. Here you have this case, which seems to be a little more tangential, uh, a little more difficult legally to understand. Yet Bill Barr, former attorney general under Donald Trump, thinks it's a legitimate case. Uh, So I I think for laymen, it's very hard to argue these issues uh, in terms of the law. Although, you know, Uh, you know, I'll say, Michael, though, and and Bill Barr to me seems like a, a bit of an anomaly. He seems to not be happy with Trump. I obviously is a right to his opinion, but but I'm just it seems like a lot of other attorneys who are usually very measured say this one seems, uh, you know, like a, a very a stretch. Put it that way. Right. Sure. Sure. But 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 the other point I was going to make, Rita, is that I think that the difficulty I have with all of these cases is that this is the same Department of Justice that was going to let Hunter Biden walk free. Yeah. And that's and that shows absolutely no interest in knowing what Joe Biden might or might not have done. So to me, that is the problem I'm having with the Trump cases. If you want to convince me that the Trump cases are legitimate, then you have to also convince me that you're doing your best on Hunter Biden to enforce the law there. And we know they're not. Yeah, that, so by the way, that Michael, to me, I that agree. To me is the imbalance that causes me to have a problem with these cases. It's, it's the comparison of the the two treatments is so unequal that it really raises questions. Is is Donald Trump being hunted while Hunter Biden is being let go? Yeah, it is the double. I agree with you. It should be equal justice. If you, and you, you haven't heard a thing about the um, special counsel looking into, um, you know, the whole classified right. documents. Uh, you know, I didn't even think of what his name was on the Biden Robert side. Yeah, Herb. Robert Hurd, exactly. And everybody, we're talking to New York uh, Post Pulitzer Prize winning columnist Michael Goodwin. Um, Ed Cox, you have a question. So with the plea deal, why doesn't it go? For, it's in the interest of both parties to get it done. Why doesn't it go forward? Why do you think it's an ultimate problem? Well, uh, my understanding, Ed, is that it was when the judge asked uh, the prosecutors if if the investigation was continuing and specifically mentioned the Foreign Agent Registration Act. And the prosecutor said yes, to which the defense lawyer said, well, then we don't have a deal because their their reading of the deal was as broad immunity than anything Hunter Biden has done up to now. He would be immunized against. Well, how can you have immunity if you're still doing the investigation? So I it's hard to figure out what happened here. But the mere fact that there seems to have been an, an immunity clause in the agreement well, strikes me as proof positive the corruption of the Justice Department extends to Merrick Garland, because Merrick Garland would have had to sign off on that. And I mentioned in my column Sunday that a a really uh, uh, well-connected insider tells me that FBI was never shown the plea agreement before it went to court, which is highly unusual in such a case as this. Michael, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. Let me tell you what's even worse. What's worse 
is there were two different documents. One was a diversion agreement, Michael, right. and the other was a plea agreement. The immunity piece was put in the diversion agreement. That's absolutely positively unheard of. So you're right that this broad grant of immunity, it was in a document it never should have been placed in. They're trying to whiz it right by Right by the judge. If you have immunity, that's in the plea agreement, not in a diversion agreement, Michael. So that- I mean, this is, you know, this is like a, a bad repairman or something denying that he broke your pipes. I mean, that's, that's how bad this is, that the Justice Department gets caught hiding something so significant. I mean, it, it's hard to believe. Well, as I say, it is the same Justice Department that's now going after Donald Trump, hammer and tong. I mean, you know, you cannot have it both ways if you want the country to believe that you are not a partisan outfit. Unfortunately, I think they have forfeited that opportunity now. I think they have marked themselves as specifically partisan. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, uh, I don't know if you realize, Mike, I was seeing it's 78 counts today. Uh, now that President Trump has been charged with as of a few minutes ago. Does he go to jail for 500 years? Yeah, that's what they said. Isn't that amazing? Or he, gets time off, he gets time off after 400 years for good behavior. <laughs> I mean, that, that is, it is, it is the insanity of it. Just like you said, Michael Goodwin, it's the double standards. And, uh, yet, uh, we are sitting here wondering, okay, will there be an impeachment inquiry? What will they do on the, on the Republican side? And there's still more cases coming. Um, somebody was reminding me this morning, you got the Letitia James case. You got the civil case. That's about the Trump business. And that's smack in the middle. That's in what about October. Georgia? What about Georgia? And you got Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, it, that's the problem here is that he looks like a target. And Hunter Biden got a free pass. I mean, that that is just something that that eats at people. And I and I think that it really undercuts everything the Justice Department is doing with Trump. If you really want to persuade the public that you're even handed, then you've got to act like it. You've got to show yep. it. you can't you can't be all reticent and careful and slow and secretive on on the Hunter Biden case and full of bravado and leaks and, you know, charging to the max and house raids and all of that. Why were there never any search warrants on Hunter Biden? And a real, real Joe quick, um, we got Governor Patterson as a question. Comment. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, for once, I agree with you 100 percent. It's a very bad optic. It looks bad. So, David, the other times it was just 90% That's agreement? That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael Goodwin, we like Thank you. Thank you so much, you. Michael. <laughs> and Gov, Good we, night, Michael. You made a proclamation. <laughs> and you know what, what we stand for in our country? Truth, justice, <laughs> and we better get back to it real fast. Thank you, America. Good night.